It was a week of comings and goings at the London Book Fair. For one thing, and no one complained, the clouds and rain that came early in the week left in time for the highlight days of the show. Welcome to Copyright Clearance Center's podcast series. I'm Christopher Keneally for Beyond the Book. Every April, the book world comes to London. For 2016, though, a topic of conversation and what it would mean to the book fair is the chance that the UK might leave the EU. Joining me with all the news from London Book Fair is senior writer at Publishers Weekly, Andrew Albanese, and good to see you in person here in London. Hello, Chris. So, it was quite a week here in London. Let's start from the top. Give us some impressions of the show, generally. Well, I thought it was a very strong fair this year, at least in terms of energy and engagement uh, among the attendees here. You know, there really wasn't a book of the fair. I think there was one big million-dollar advance that came out of the fair this year. But, you know, the million-dollar advances are more Frankfurt than London anyway. Agents in the Wright Center said they were very busy. And indeed, there was some agitation to actually expand that space, which, as you know, may not be easy given the rather limited real estate of the Olympia Center. But as Jax Thomas noted in her opening press conference on Tuesday, for the first time in years, publishers actually arrived in London with the wind kind of at their backs, at least in terms of their sales. UK publishers were 3.7 percent up in 2015. The U.S. market is up. Uh, Europe was flat, which on a, it's kind of a victory for the European continent in the age of austerity. And then there was some massive growth in markets like South Africa and China. And this after declines in 2013 and 14. So it was a pretty good energetic fair with some good financial news. And uh, it seemed to translate into the energy on the floor. As you say, a lot of energy at the fair and and some really kind of charged moments uh, throughout the week. And you mentioned China, who became a member of the International Publishers Association at Frankfurt last year. And at the IPA Congress early in the week, which was held alongside the fair, Arno Nori, who is the CEO of Hachette, caused a bit of a stir when he questioned whether admitting China to the IPA was a good move. You were there, and what did you see? Indeed. Uh, in his keynote address, Arno Nori referenced uh, some recent events in China, for example, the disappearance of some Hong Kong booksellers, and he questioned question from the podium whether or not China was ready to meet the obligations demanded by IPA membership, which of course include the freedom to publish and freedom of opinion. But he did so pretty cleverly, I have to say. He basically addressed his criticisms to IPA President uh, Richard Sharkin from Bloomsbury, saying, you know, Richard, uh, you're the one who, you know, supported China coming in, and I hope we don't regret that decision. So, in that way, it seemed to me he was using Sharkin as kind of a kind of a human shield, enabling him to say, hey, you know, I'm glad China is interested interested in being in our organization, uh, it means they, too, want the freedom to publish. But, Richard, uh, I hope you weren't wrong here, as if, you know, sort of deflect the blame from himself a little bit. Of course, Nuri was challenged uh, immediately by one of the very large contingency of Chinese publishers that were in attendance at IPA. Uh, although, given the language barrier, uh, you know, there was a Chinese publisher who was trying to swing back at a French publisher in English. The exchange was pretty brief. Um, I think they probably could have had a deeper conversation had there been a more of a common language there. But I think it was clear that the Chinese didn't find Nori's welcome all that warm. Uh, although at the same time, I think Nori was not wrong to bring these things up. And I think that there were many members of the IPA who are concerned over China's membership and were happy that the issue at least came up and that someone 
is going to at least try to hold uh, China accountable for some of the things going on in that country. Well, indeed. And, you know, uh, it certainly must have helped at least keep the energy level down there in that kind of exchange to have all those language issues. For once, getting lost in translation was probably to the advantage of everyone in the room. Another hot topic at uh, the IPA Congress was copyright and at the fair in general as well. And it came up as well in Nuri's speech. Yeah, copyright was really the big pitch that Nuri made. You know, some outlets focused more on his remarks about China, and those were certainly interesting and important. But Nuri really spent a lot of time calling for the IPA to stand tall and defeat a series of proposals from the European Commission that he said would be simply disastrous for European publishers. He said that defeating these proposals, which include, for example, uh, an expansion or an altering of the fair dealing for libraries and educational institutions, would be devastating for European publishers, and that it should be the number one goal of IPA to defeat these measures. And I actually thought that was kind of funny because you know, human rights in China, yeah, we're keeping an eye on it, but fair use in libraries, red alert, DEFCON 5. Uh, what was interesting to me, too, is that in Nuri's speech and at a couple of other talks around IPA, there was really no talk of Amazon. They weren't really of a concern. They weren't really a big threat uh, at IPA, at least. But the big threat there was Google. And that just felt so 2009, if you know what I mean. You know, Google really has not been a controversial topic of conversation at the London Book Fair or really at Frankfurt for years now. But that all changed this year as there seems to be really some serious fear that some proposed changes in European copyright law could tip things towards uh, Google potentially declaring itself a library, though I'm not sure how exactly that would work. Uh, and one speaker, former AAP counsel Jonathan Baumgartner, sounded the alarm, too, about the Google case in the U.S., which actually heads to the Supreme Court today for a decision on whether or not they're going to hear that appeal. Baumgartner basically said that the fair use doctrine in the U.S. has expanded beyond recognition, and that could spread to Europe. So I heard a lot of fear of copyright, uh, copyright changes, I should say, expressed at IPA, and it's going to be really interesting to follow up what happens in Europe. Well, England is part of Europe, but it's always sort of struggled with that notion of the separation the channel gives them uh, from the continent. And, and that struggle has erupted into a full-blown referendum that asks the question whether or not the UK should remain a member of the European Union. And I know that discussion caught your attention. Yeah, well, one of the fun sort of, I guess, fun, interesting topics of conversation on the show floor this year was, you know, whether or not the English speaking world has lost its damn mind. <laughs> and if I may say, you know, it's we're talking about the the rise of Donald Trump in the in America and his desire to build a wall between the US and Mexico. And of course, the so called Brexit, that's the upcoming British referendum and whether or not to leave the EU. So publishers were, you know, starting to think a little bit about what either or both might mean for their global publishing businesses. Now, no one would touch the Trump question. I asked a couple of American publishers what a President Trump might mean for global publishing. They didn't touch it, probably wisely. But surprisingly, there was quite a bit of hedging among the British publishers on whether or not Britain should leave the EU. Now, most publishers said they personally wished the UK would stay in. But some very prominent people, such as Charlie Redmayne, who's the CEO of HarperCollins in the UK, was equivocal. And Richard Sharkin from Bloomsbury, while personally saying that he wanted to stay in, uh, noted that it wouldn't necessarily be bad for British publishers if they were to leave because it would weaken the pound and increase exports and probably increase British publishers' bottom lines in the short term. Uh, and there were other questions, too, about whether the Brexit might affect uh, the VAT tax on ebooks, for example, and whether it might allay fears of EU copyright proposals if you know Britain was no longer part of the EU. Now, no publisher said that they thought 
were really thinking hard, at least, about how they were going to approach the Brexit. Uh, but the vote is June 23rd, I believe. And in the coming weeks, uh, they may very well have to start. So I guess we could just leave it like this. Next year's global publishing outlook and next year's London Book Fair might look a little different if things break a certain way. It's a fascinating place to leave it. And we'll look forward to seeing you again next year at the London Book Fair. But for 2016, that will wrap it up for Beyond the Books reporting from London. Andrew Albany, senior writer of Publishers Weekly, thank you so much. My pleasure, as always. Beyond the Book is produced by Copyright Clearance Center, a global rights licensing technology and content workflow organization. At CCC, we serve more than 35,000 customers and 15,000 copyright holders worldwide, managing over 950 million rights from the world's most sought-after journals, books, blogs, movies, and more. You can follow Beyond the Book on Twitter, like us on Facebook, and subscribe to the free podcast series on iTunes or at our website, beyondthebook.com. Our engineer and co-producer is Jeremy Brisky of Burst Marketing. I'm Christopher Keneally. Join us again soon on Beyond the Book. Thank you.